It's a joy again to share with us this morning, and uh, it's always lovely to see smiling faces each and every Sunday. Thank you so much for throwing away your blanket this morning, even with the cold, (laughs) to be able to spend time in the fellowship of the unity. If Christ gave out heaven with a comfort to become flesh and dwelling among us in our society, who are we? Who are we to not to do that? So welcome this morning. I thank Kisti for sharing and, and reading the scripture this morning. Um, and congratulations and happy anniversary. Make sure you invite us for the cake. <laughs> um, like Kisti mentioned earlier that um, this year, last month, we went for our Nourish uh, meeting in, in Melbourne and uh, our theme this year was becoming more like Christ. And for me, this, this has been my challenge. This has been my encouragement that how do I become more like Christ in my journey? And uh, as I was thinking about this, I remembered probably seven years ago, probably eight years ago, I met a guy in Queensland. He works with the Australian army. He's quite a tall guy from Sudan. Uh, Most of us know how Sudanese can be very tall. And I met this guy, and uh, I asked him, are you a Christian? And he told me that... uh, Yes, I'm a Christian, and I asked him, which church do you attend? He said, well, I am a Christian, but I'm not, I don't believe in a white Jesus. And I said, can you explain what do you mean by you don't believe in a white Jesus? He said, my Christ, my Jesus is a black Jesus. And I asked him, why do you believe in a black Jesus? He said, uh, um, because every time I read a lot of books in the West, they draw G- Satan as black and Jesus as a white man. So I felt offended. Why do they draw Satan as an African man and they draw Jesus as a white man? As I say, where did you see that? I said, you can see everywhere. So... Um, I won't give you how the story ended. Maybe I'll share with it during this, this message. But as I was preparing this, I kept on thinking that who is Jesus to you? And how does your Jesus look like? <laughs> if you want to become like your Jesus, how does he look like? So, Bear with me as we run through this because it's going to be a series. We take a few Sundays to be able to achieve and you're able to come. That would be lovely so that we can work together. I'm still working in my journey. And I believe also as we work together, as we walk through this, that we'll be able to get something that will help us. But I do appreciate one thing that um, I used to brought this morning about marriage. 
And I was asking myself, you know, as Kyusto was talking about their relationship with Steve, you know, how do you become one in, in, in a relationship? Or how do you become one with somebody you don't know? You know, if you don't know Steve, how do you want to become one with Steve? So that's another thought as you think about as you run through this. Um, sorry, my thing is off. So perhaps one of the questions many people would ask today is, God, what is your purpose for my life? You've saved me. You've given me eternal life. What do you want to do with my life? What is it that God you want with my life? Apostle Paul has responded to this question by saying, For those God foreknew, he also predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Verse 30 says that, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. It's a very busy portion of scripture. And I know one of the things we, we theologians have struggled, even in my Bible college days, which we had a bit of debate on that. Um, and, but I'll not go to that debate for this day. But there's just something about this scripture that I want us to look at, that Paul is sharing with us. From Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 29, even as we reflect on the message of John. So in other words, God's desire for us is to become more like Christ. God's purpose for his children is to restore that image that he gave to man at the beginning of creation. When he said these words. That let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and in the birds and the, and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So in Genesis, you and I actually were created in the image of Christ. And sometimes some of us may not look like we carry the image of Christ. I mean, you can look at your neighbor. It's very hard to actually understand that we actually carry the image of Christ. But the truth is that the Bible says that all of us were created this image. But the enemy... The devil destroyed that image that God gave us. But the heart of God, God's desire for each one of us is to restore back that image that he wanted us to have at the beginning. And that's why between you and I and our generation, our children, God's desire and purpose is for us to be able to 
Go back to that image. Go back to that likeness that he gave us at the beginning. Oops. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it back, sorry. <laughs> if you can give me number four. You give me. Sorry? All right. All right. All right. Thank you. My question today Who is Jesus to you? I've learned many times we become what we believe. It may not be 100% true, but to some extent that. The things that we believe, we become. Many believers today have stopped seeking to become more like Christ. Instead, we've created a Christ who looks more like us. We want a Christ who can conform to our character. It's true. The society today is creating a Christ for themselves. I think we find it so hard sometimes to be able to to be transformed to what Christ wants us to be because the whole process of being coming like Christ is a process of transformation. But because we want shortcuts, we want to be, we want Christ to be like us. Instead of going through the process of transformation, we've actually formed ourselves something that can form, can conform to our pattern of life. You know, as Christians, you want a, a Christ who can just worship the way you worship, the way you sing, the way you pray, the way you dance, the way you look at things, the way you pray. That's the way you want your Christ to be looked like. And when I think about the story of this guy, Back in Queensland, he wanted a Christ who can, just a little bit of his color, can make him a little bit proud. In her book, Organic God, Margaret talks about, writes that, in my quietness of my soul, I cannot help but wonder how much of God do I really know? We met on the street. Would I even recognize him? Would you recognize your God if you met him somewhere in Kerang? Because if God actually became flesh and made his dwelling 57 Fitzroy Street and you come into church on Sunday, would you say hello, the Messiah? Thank you for living in Kerang, that we are closer to the throne than before.
Next one. I was asking myself the same question today, that would I know my God if I met him on the street? The Jews rejected Christ, not because they did not want a Messiah, but because they had created an image of a Messiah they wanted to have. These guys have been waiting for a Messiah for a long time. They've been praying. They've read prophecy. They had a desire. They had the commitment. They had the preparation. But unfortunately, the man that showed up, the man that came, did not meet the image they had created for themselves. They refused him. I was asking myself the same question because I've created my own image for Christ, because I have my own image of the kind of God I want. If I met the real God, can that image be able to resemble the image that is over there for Christ? Is it true that some of us can actually miss heaven because of a such a small mistake after you've spent so much years in church, in worship, in preparation, and you miss the opportunity for Christ? In his book, Your God is Too Small, J.B. Philip. Phillips explains that many men and women today are living often with inner dissatisfaction without any faith in God at all. And this is not because they are, they are particularly wicked or selfish or as the old-fashioned say, godless. But because they have not found within the adult minds a God a big enough to account for life, big enough to fit in with the new scientific age, big enough to command their highest admiration and respect. Consequently, their willingness to cooperation. And brings us back to this question Jesus asked Jesus asked a lot of questions, but one of the questions Jesus put to his disciples was, who do you say that I am? And the context of this question, who do you say I am, is important. Once, when Jesus was praying in a private, in private, and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? See what they replied, this there some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. And he looked at them and asked, what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? I don't think many of, many of us will be like Peter. And I don't think the Bible wanted to embarrass these guys. I'm not sure what the answers they gave to Christ. Next one. 
to encourage us. It's possible that you're walking the Christ for many years, but you're walking with somebody probably don't know, or I don't know myself. These guys had spent so much time with Christ in prayer, in so many other things. But still, they did not understand this guy. If somebody was given up heaven, come down, became flesh, spent time with them, but they never understood who he was. Who is Jesus to you? Apostle John begins his book by presenting Jesus as the only begotten son who came, who became flesh. He gives a good introduction. But I want us, before we talk about becoming more like him, to see John gives us his observation as we look here, which keeps ready early, that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light that shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, you can say, in the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was together with God, and Jesus actually was God. Because if you jump verse 14, it says that then the word became flesh. In other words, then Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. He lived among us. He was part of us. He was part of the family. He was part of the community. But yet the community rejected him. The community refused to accept him. The community crucified him. According to John, the word was Jesus Christ. The eternal ultimate expression of God. And if you look at Genesis, God spoke the word, the world in existence. And in the gospel of in the gospel, God spoke of his, his final word through the living word, his son. So the word of God attributes the deity to the word without redefining the, the Trinity itself. So what am I saying today? That we are talking about God that stood on the grave of Lazarus and called Lazarus come out after three days. We are talking about somebody that changed water into wine. We are talking about somebody who stood, somebody was blind, and he in, in John chapter 9, he grabs 
mad and puts on the eyes and says, you can see. We are talking about somebody who said, pick up your mat for somebody who had never walked for 38 years. And said, please walk. And I want, to, I want to say, John, by writing this book, he must have been very disappointed because this is a community that has been waiting for a Messiah. The Messiah has come. The Messiah is doing things, but they have not accepted him. They have not even honored him. They have rejected him and crucified him. And now he read these words to these guys and saying, listen, my friends. This man that you crucified, this man you rejected, this guy that actually brought us light, he's not just a son of a carpenter. He's not just the son of David. He's not just a guy that you saw there in Bethlehem. This guy is actually God. The next one, Heather. And friend, the only thing that can unite us is the word of God. Because you are very different. Jesus said that anyone, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. And this word you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Because Christ and his Father, they are united in the world. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word was united. The, the word was the same. Next one. And probably today, the greatest question we should be asking is, how can this word become light and life in us? Can we read... We can read the most recent Bibles, including the Passion, the Message. We can wake up very early in the morning, read the lovely devotions, bound to tell us the, that words, unless they become life in us, they can only remain on your paper. You can have the most complicated version of Bible on your phone on your tablet. But it can only remain on your tablet if it does not bring life to you. The words of the Bible can only become life if you become one with Christ. And Christ becomes one in you because Christ in his message, the one. So we can become like Christ if his message becomes one with us. I'm going to repeat it again. We can become one with Christ if his message becomes one with us. But like I said earlier, the greatest challenge we have for the church today, we've created the version of Christ that can fit or conform to our character. Because the, the, the Christ I've formed 
he can say yes to my message. He can say yes to my thinking. He can say yes to things I want. He can say yes to my desires. That's the Christ I want. That whenever I tell him, Christ, can I have A, B, C, D? He can say yes to that. The Christ I want does not talk about repentance because sin is no longer existing. That's the Christ of the image of Christ of myself because he doesn't talk about repentance. He doesn't even talk about sin. There's no sin in the world. That's the Christ I'm talking about. His message is a yes message, Christ. The Christ I want does not even follow the rules because the rules, the rules affect my, my human rights. The rules are stepping on my human rights. What am I saying today, church? I'm saying that I can have the Christ I want, but I'll not be the united with the Christ the scripture is talking about. You and I, you can have the kind of Messiah, the image you want to put on, but that image will not be one with the one the Christ is encouraging you and I to have. The next one, Heather. And John continues in verse 9 to 11. He said that true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world. And though the world made, made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Because when you create that image for yourself, when you create that God for yourself, when you create that picture for yourself, the other picture will not match. The other picture will not be bring light to you. The other picture will not bring life to me. Therefore, it won't work. He continued to say, verse 12 to 13, Yet all who did receive him, and to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Next one, Heather. So quickly, I just want to give us two quick things as I finish today. That what is John encouraging us today that can help us to become more like Christ? He said that we can become more like Christ when we receive the right to become the children of God. Which is true. And I want to agree with this because for most, most of us we may not have come from the same race, tribe, or even the same history. But I'm happy to stand here and say, you know what? Because I was given that certificate, I can say I am Australian. I am Australian. But my color, my, most of my things may not agree with you. But the fact that we've given the right, my family, and so many other people who came here, 
that you are given that document saying that you are an Australian citizen. You are Australian. And I think sometimes we look at the image of Christ that is something out there or something out of the world. This is a good example. But it's not something also to understand easily. Look at someone like Nicodemus. Jesus told Nicodemus that verily, very I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Because flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. But most of us know that Nicodemus still argued that how can I go back to my mom's womb to be born again? I mean, these are things that you don't understand in a day. I've said it's a process. That for us to be able to be like Christ, for us to be able to, to have that image, the work of transformation is still happening in our journey. That as we continue to read and understand the message of Christ. But I want to encourage us, friends, that as the Bible says in 1 John 3, 2, that dear friends, that's, uh, now that we are children of God, And what will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he sees us. And I think, like I said, many times somebody was asking me, how will our body look like when we wake up? What kind of body? you think we'll have. I think we are, we are going so far trying to imagine even how some of us are going to look like. I don't know. But one thing I know that I'll not have the same body when I wake up on that particular day. We'll not have the same body. It'll be different. The Bible says the word became flesh in verse 14. And made his dwelling among us, that we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and the only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The second point I'll share as I finish is we can be more like him if his presence is dwelling in us. It's one thing to have Christ, but it's another thing to have his presence in you. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He says in Revelation 4 that here I am, I stand at the door. That whoever hears my voice and open the door, I'll come in, dine with him. So it's up to you and me to open for him to come in. Like I said, Christ will not force yourself in my life or in your life. It's up for us to invite him. Because when he comes in, he, don't, he teaches us, he convicts us, he directs us, he guides us, he protects us in this journey. 
But if you made the choice to have your own image that can fit or conform to the pattern of your character, that the Christ I know, that hates sin but loves us, that wants us to be the children of God, that he has a plan and a purpose for us to be able to stand in that gap. But today we have a choice to make whether we are going to allow him to be part of our journey or to create our own image to trust. As I finish today, I just a quick question I want to ask you and I want to ask the worship to come back um, and, and lead us in the next song. Where are you in your journey of becoming more like Christ? Becoming more like Christ is a journey, it's a process. It takes commitment, it takes prayer, it takes fellowship, it takes a community, it takes other people to join us. It may be slow, but it gets us there. But it's only you or myself that can tell where I'm standing at this particular stage. Some people, they've gone 10 steps back forward and they've walked 20 steps backwards. Others, you put it on hold because the journey sometimes it can be hard. For others, the journey has been very easy. Wherever you are in your journey, I want to encourage you today that the purpose and plan of each of us from God is to be able to restore that image that was created at the beginning. And I want us to stand up this morning as I pray, that we can stand up as a family, those of us who are able to stand. That as I pray on your journey, as I pray, I want to ask God, and I want us to agree that God, yes, this journey is not easy, but is willing to walk with us. If that's why he became flesh, that's why I say that join my yoke because I want to walk with you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your love for us. That as we take this journey, may you join with us, O oh God. May you lead us, may you guide us, may you help us to be where you want us to be, Lord. The many of us through this journey, they'll put it on hold. Others have, have walked back a little bit. Others are feeling overwhelmed by this journey, Lord. But I pray for your presence, Lord. I pray that may you help us to be able to, to rise up and journey with you. May you help us, O oh God, as we go through this, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.